our green book reading for this morning. This morning I'm actually reading from a green book. One of my favorites. <clears throat> in the beginning, God, the law of the universe, the same law in all units, it creates vegetable or animal. The same law circumvents abnormal conditions as best it can. The same law personifies itself in quadrupeds and bipeds of the vertebrata, species, and families. If all channels of communication are open, free and clear of impediments, obstructions, hurdles, or interferences in their path. In the beginning, God, man being one creation, medicine per se is supposed to do, to scientifically do from outside what God can't do from inside of man. Educated medical men and scientific medicine with test tubes, microscopes, and laboratories with endless compounds deny the cult tenets of abilities of a supreme internal function. God, no matter how defined as omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent inside of man, in the creation of man, where is this in man, if it is in man at all? If it is, this all-pervading internal power must be recognized and established as a dominant factor in healing with man sick or well. All space, all time, all things that grow, produce, reproduce, and live are governed by law. And yet, medical men, by insignificant education, are intolerant of this factor in admitting is placed functionally internal to run man. They substitute accumulations of outside theories to try to prove man must be directed to live by outside experimental and practical ideas of medical men who have lived no longer, no, no, more, no, no, no more than he who is sick. It is required that sages of the ages, in depth of intelligence to reproduce the human race, it requires the same quantity and quality of intellectuality to produce each human being. It requires the same breadth of reasoning to direct, control, regulate, and govern internal functions in each unit once born. Man is conceived, born, lives a few years, dies, and in spite of what he blindly thinks he sees, pits his 50 years of education against millions of lives with eons of time working through billions and billions of product. And that was from Palmer's Law of Life, uh, one of B.J. Palmer's last uh, books in 1958. So <clears throat> I just wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit today about what that means, because what <clears throat> B.J. was saying is that, you know, the we're watching, we're watching during this pandemic, this unbelievable shift, right, from this tiny little microscopic virus has wreaked havoc on hundreds of millions of people, billions of people, right? Millions have been sick, thousands and thousands have passed away, all because of this one little particle, right? And I think above all else, what this really shows is how unprepared our supposed medical system really was, right? We were touted, the United States was touted as like, we're the best, we have the most money and the most spending and the best services and the most hospitals and the bubble and the most advanced, right? <clears throat> and yet we have the most cases of COVID, the most deaths of COVID-19. That blows my mind, right? And you know what it is? It's because, because we were grossly unprepared. And here's the interesting thing that I, I have to bring this up because so many people have been talking to me about this, especially people who've been in the profession for a long, long time. Back in 1998, I don't know if you guys can see this, but back in 1998, I wrote this book called The Adjustment. It's a novel. I wrote this book. And this book was, I'm a science fiction kind of reader and I love these kind of things. So I read books back in the 80s and 90s, like Outbreak, like um, Andromeda uh, Strain. You may have read some of those books if you haven't, quite interesting reads. 
Um, and this was my version of one of those books. You know, I've been a writer all my life. So this is my, this is a, a novel that I published in 1998 based upon a pandemic, a global pandemic. And what would happen to the world if a global pandemic ever hit? And it's totally amazing to me to think, now I'm not the only one, there's been a, thousands and thousands of books written about pandemics. But the, the difference in my book was obviously called The Adjustment. And you recognize these hands, right? These are BJ Palmer's hands, although also Dr. Sid's hands, right? Um, so I want you to really think about this. I want you to think about what has gone wrong in our medical system, right? But there were so many things that occurred to transpire to make this happen, to make our country being affected so badly. And if you really think about what B.J. Palmer talks about, you know, <clears throat> he's talking in Palmer's Law of Life, he's talking, one of my favorite other quotes that he talks about is this, we never know how far-reaching something we may think, say, or do will affect the lives of millions tomorrow, right? You probably have heard that one before. We never know how far-reaching something we may think, say, or do will affect the lives of millions tomorrow. I think what's important about that quote is it goes both ways, right? It goes both ways. So, like, someone probably at some point in time talked to you and said, you know, you ever think about being a chiropractor? And maybe you never thought about that before, right? Maybe that was something that wasn't even in your head before. But all of a sudden, you're like, huh, right? Somehow that idea got into your head, and then now you're here in 10th or 11th quarter, or 9th quarter, whatever quarter you're in taking this class. That's amazing to think like that, What where you are now was an idea years ago, right? Something that was think or said or spoken to you or written to you or whatever changed what your concept of your entire life is, right? But unfortunately, it goes either way, you know. So how all this pandemic thing started is up for grabs as to exactly what happened. But our response in this country was so slow. The CDC, the FDA, all these companies that supposedly had our best interests in mind. The whole medical community had our best interests in mind. And we don't see it working, right? I don't see it working. What I think I see is that we need a change. Right, our our job out there as chiropractors is to be instruments of that change. Right, to me, that's what this that's what this book, the adjustment, is about. It's about change. What will happen if we actually do change from this? Right, because to me, one of the worst case scenarios we could think of is if something like this occurs and then we don't change. We just go back to our old ways. We don't change. Right, our global healthcare system is not working and what can we do to make it work better and can chiropractic be a part of that whole solution right right that's to me what i keep on thinking about with this whole thing you know kids are coming in every single day new patient babies and new patient kids and pregnant mamas are coming in every single day new ones to our practice because they know the the reason right they, they get the reason our our existing patients are so excited for us to be there for them. I had a mom come to me yesterday and um, <clears throat> she, for the first couple of weeks of the pandemic, she didn't bring her kids because she was so afraid. And she said, I was, I've been watching you, right, on Facebook. I've been looking at your emails that you're sending out and stuff. And I know now, I know this is a safe place, right? So now I feel good now and I'm going to bring my kids back because I was worried about how people were going to, you know, be 
taking care of their spaces and stuff. But you are really being diligent about taking care of your space. So I'm bringing my kids back and I want to come in now as a patient too, right? And to me, like that, that's the, the ultimate gift as a pediatric chiropractor is the kids come first, right? And so many times I keep on hearing like students say, how do you convince the parents to bring their kids? I don't have to usually do that. It's the other way around. I usually have to convince the parents to come in, right? And I usually don't have to convince them. They just, they see what happens. They see the love that we pour into their children. They see the love that we pour into the atmosphere and the environment. And that to me is what's making all the difference, right? Right? And I think that's what we need to see. You know, my wife showed me something this morning. Um, and maybe I'll read it to you next week. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. It's from, uh, from Ireland. Uh, and they were talking about, um, like, don't see this whole quarantine as only as isolating, but see it as an expression of love. It's a, it's a glo- we're a global community. When has the world ever done something all together at once, right? Like every country in the world, for the most part, is participating, you know, in lockdowns and quarantines and, and trying to, to save our kids, Right. And to me, that I was like, wow, that's so beautiful to think about it. A totally different way to think about it. That the, the whole point of this is to help our future generations, right? And it's all about love. Like this was, it's a loving act. You know, the, the, their quote was like, look at the empty streets, not as something sad, but look at the empty streets as something that is occurring because of love. Out of love and in a global way, right? This is the first time that the whole world has gotten together to do something you know, we're united. We have a united world. And can, can we happen to make this a united healthcare? And not the, health, not the insurance company, right? Not the insurance. But can we create a united healthcare out of this? And that's what this was, my book was all about back in 1998, is creating a united healthcare system where we all work together for the health of the patient, right? Not focusing on sickness, but focusing on the health of our patients. I think 